You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I can only say that it feels right, it feels right, it feels right. That it feels right. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Lives Podcast. I'm your host, Kai Reitke, here with, as always, Julian Andrews. Julian, what's up, dude? You know, not much. I finished my second semester of grad school, so I'm way less busy this week than I was in the last couple weeks. Feels nice. But yeah, so I'm doing good. That's awesome, man. Good for you. Congrats Thank to you. Julian. Um, yeah, good job by you, man. That's... Uh, that's sweet. Seems like a lot of work. It is. It is definitely a lot of work. I'm happy to be doing it. I'm getting a lot out of it, but I'm also spending a lot of time doing it for sure. Yeah. So for people wondering, Julian actually has another job besides this podcast <laughs> and apparently another career. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, uh, good job by him. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Um, yeah, for real. We're, we're recording this on a Monday, so you'll hear this on a Tuesday. Um, so I guess it'll be like two days behind. Um, so if you forgot about Mother's Day, here's your reminder. Um, <laughs> you're two days late. You should call your mom. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, we would like to thank our friends at DraftKings for sponsoring the show. Uh, this weekend, there's UFC 262. It's a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC. Uh, as always, they're giving you a shot to win millions of dollars with the code TBPN, use that code um, and get a shot at making a lot of money on um, UFC. I don't know a lot about UFC, but I can guarantee you if I put together a DraftKings lineup, um, I'd be watching it because that's just how I'm kind of wired. So uh, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Julian, we've talked about this before. Um, the Wolves keep winning, which is which is good. Chase uh. Frederick had a tweet uh and, and Jace does a good job. He's uh, he was on this podcast before. Uh, he said that the Orlando Magic are a team that, that they're wait- it looks like they're waiting for the season to begin, or sorry, the season to end, where the Timberwolves are just getting started. Um, I have some bad news for the Timberwolves. The season is not just getting started; it's ending. <laughs> and um, about a month ago, the Wolves had the worst record in the league, and they kept their forty um, percent chance or so to to get a top three pick. Right now, they are tied for the fourth worst record. Um, if they if they fall to six, which um, is where they'd be now based on tiebreakers, with because they're tied with Cleveland and Orlando, um, that goes down to twenty seven percent. So, I mean, we I, I don't even know. We don't have to hash through this for the millionth time. Um, but like, it, I, I I totally get the we want to win and go into next year 
but like these wins don't go over to next year. Um, <laughs> like, it's true. It's I true. I feel like I'd rather have Cade Cunningham than like a feel good story for the next month. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I don't know. It's just like, you can't make, you can't make Chris Finch, you know, and the team like try not try to win at this point. I think, I think, I think like making them do that would be unhealthy. You know, it would be nice if they were naturally not winning. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that like asking the team to tank at this point would be kind of counterproductive. I, you know, I think Britt Robson said like this team, healthy team, whole year, like we're probably looking at a play in birth. Yeah. You know, I think that's, and, and you know, that's not exactly like the pinnacle of NBA existence, but it's, it's better than where the wolves are at. What, I mean, the real coup would just be to have a chance to add a top three pick to this team, because like, that's when you start to think, okay, like maybe this team next year could actually be quite good. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to have this uh, kind of, it's encouraging to see the wolves winning, you know, but at yeah. the same time, like, yeah, it is kind of tough that, you, yeah, no, that I mean, you keep losing that pick. Although I'd rather give up a six pick than a four pick. So I guess if we're going to lose the pick, like let's win the rest of the games. I, I mean, and it's true. Cause it's you have like, to give it up eventually. Even if you're in the top three, there's still a 60% chance that you don't keep it. So I guess maybe that's like the better way to look at it is, net, you know, now that has gone to 73% instead of 60% that you're not going to keep it. Um, I mean, I don't know. And it, it is hard to look at these wins too, because I, I get it. Like they're playing better and they, they gave the Pelicans a run the other night. They went to overtime. Um, but also like three of the wins over the last two weeks have been against the magic, the Pistons and the Rockets, three right. teams that are also like not trying to win at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I agree with Britt. I think that's probably right. Like if you have the healthy Carl and, and, Anthony and D'Angelo and Beasley, like you probably are in that like eight to 12 range. Um, yeah. Or I guess eight to 10 range of, of teams competing. Um, and you're right. Like, that's not like what you go for, but um, like we talked to, you know, we, we talked to um, Espo from the Suns last week and it's like, you know, who, like things can change in a hurry. Like yep. maybe the, the, the wolves are able to get like a veteran this off season in a weird mm-hmm. trade. And then, um, if it yeah. keeps getting better, you know, it would be it would really nice to see kind of a cat and ant led team make make it to the playoffs. Because really, still the only time the Wolves have made it to the playoffs is with Jimmy, you yeah. know. And, and so it would be nice to see some. I mean, they're not. I know they're not making the the playoffs this year, but I don't know. It, you know, it's 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 incur. I like seeing these flashes of competence. Um, but yeah, you wish they would have come either early in the year when there was time to actually make a playoff push or, or next year <laughs> when yeah. we already have the pick, but yeah, no, not I the worst time when that. every team is trying to lose. Um, all right, let's get to some NBA awards. Um, I don't know, man, like I was going through these and, um, I think they're probably all pretty predictable because in the, especially when you look at the, the Vegas odds or the, the DraftKings odds, um, like it, it's, it's pretty telling, uh, let's just go through. Um, I think there's probably one or two that you can maybe have a little debate on, um, but we'll run through um, what's most likely to happen and kind of where we stand on it. Um, Julian, we told people this is back in, I don't know, two months ago, right when Embiid got hurt. I think we said on this podcast, the the odds for Nikola Jokic to win MVP were like a plus 300. Um I said that was a good bet. I think, I think yeah. the thing is I never made the bet. So it's like, put my money in my mouth. I didn't do it. Um, 
now Jokic is the overwhelming favorite. He's a 2000, um, you know, minus 2000 to, to win. He's for sure going to win the MVP. Um, you've been a Jokic fan for a long time. It's funny. Cause like he, obviously he's a center, but you look at what he's doing. He's averaging eight and a half assists a game. He's, he's, you know, averaging 26 points per game. Um, it's like, we, we talked about this last week in our mailbag, which thanks everybody for the questions. And it was, how can Carl get to that level that Embiid and, and, and Jokic is at? And it, it feels weird to even think of Jokic as like one of the best centers in the league. He's like one of the best three players and he's going to win MVP this year. Um, he's been absolutely insane. Yeah. He's my favorite player to watch in the league other than, other than uh, Damian Lillard. I, I think that, um, yeah, you don't see bigs like running offenses in anybody else uh, in the way that he does. And it's really, I don't know. It's just super different. And I like to think that that kind of creativity and that different style of play will be rewarded. Um, I really hope he wins MVP. I think it would be kind of at this point, a bit of a travesty if he doesn't. Yeah. He, he, he has it locked up. Um, He's got to do it right. There's like, there's, there's no way he doesn't win. Um, I mean, like when Vegas odds are minus 2000, it's like, you know, they're they based, know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and like, but that that was a thing. Like, you thought when Jamal Murray got hurt, like maybe they'll fall apart. And then if the 76ers went on a run, like you thought maybe Embiid could get back into it, or if the Bucks went on a run, maybe like Giannis enters the talk. But um, nope, like it, you know, and the Nuggets are going to end up being a three or four seed, which before you thought maybe they would slide down after Murray's injury. And like, they're obviously not a better team without Murray. I don't think anybody's saying that. But mm-hmm. we talked about this on the podcast when Murray got hurt. Jokic was going to have to be like super Jokic when Murray got hurt, if the Nuggets want to continue to be a contender. Um, and that's, that's exactly what he's done. He's just gotten better. And um, yeah, yep. it's, it's been fun to watch. Good for him. Um, this is the one that's going to make Timberwolves fans the most mad uh, rookie of the year. Uh, and honestly, the way Edwards has been playing lately, I totally understand the, the, and I think, honestly, I think when some people are saying like tank or don't tank, I think some of the anti tanking talk is also the franchise, uh, basically wanting Anthony Edwards to win in uh, rookie of the year. It's like, mm-hmm. well, uh, if we get blown out by 30 points and Edwards scores 30 points that, that you know, he's still not going to win. Finch said the other day, uh, I think Chris Hine, Hine said this. He said, um, tell us why Anthony Edwards should win rookie of the year. And he said, I'm not going to justify it. He should just win. But then he went on to like justify why he should, he should win. Like talking about how he's played in, in all these games and um, you know, whatever. Like the 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 Hornets are going to make the the play in game um, at the very least. When you look at the averages between Ball and Edwards, um, Ball's averaging three points less per game, but he's averaging one more rebound. Um, you know, about three and a half, four more assists, more steals. Um, he's more efficient from the field um, and the three point line. Uh, like the, the big knock is really like it's 21 games is the difference between they played. And just looking at the Vegas odds, the, the odds are at minus seven fifteen um, for, for ball to win. So it would be a huge upset if Edwards won. Um, obviously there's some, some games left to go, but um, I like, I mean, it's, it's closer than we think it is, I guess, but I think Wolves fans are well, going to end up being disappointed. 
There's a little bit of recency bias here, right? Like early in the season, Ball was way better than Edwards. Yeah. Um, and I think that just like when when Ball went out, like around that same time, uh, Edwards started to get really good. And I think if Edwards had been playing as well as he's been playing for the last couple months for the whole season, then we'd be having like a serious, serious conversation. But just like, you know, like we just like we can't only look at the latest sample for Edwards. We can't only look at the you know, we, we, we can't just like ignore the, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You know, it's like, we can't just pick and choose which parts of these yeah. guys' year we look at. Like, yeah, like we can say like, well, LaMelo was out and Edwards is playing great, but then it's like, well, if we're going to do that, we also have to look at the beginning of the season when, you know, Edwards was, he was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't yeah. great. And then, and ball was lights out. So yeah, I think if you look at the whole season, LaMelo should probably get it. I think he probably will. Uh, that being said, I mean, the Wolves still have to be really happy that they have Edwards. And I think the longer the season goes on, the more and more you can kind of justify them using that pick on Edwards and not taking ball. I think, you know, you probably still might have wanted to take ball, but it's it's a lot closer than it seemed like it was going to be earlier yeah. in the year. And that's very good for the Wolves. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think the argument for Wolves and, the, and Wolves fans for Edwards being rookie of the year is not that Edwards is better because he's not. It's like your 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 point should be that uh, Ball missed a quarter of the season and Edwards has played in every game. So I think that's the argument because I, I yeah. don't think I don't think Ball or I don't think Edwards is better. I think I think I mean I think you're right. Like I think we'll look back and it won't be like as bad. I think Ball is like a generational point guard talent. Like I yeah. think he's one of those guys that comes along once every like ten or you know ten years. Like kind of in that. Um, I shouldn't say 10 years because it always seems like we have like three or four really good point guards all the time. But like, he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, of this era of like, Oh, like this is the, the Nash, this is the kid. This is like, you know, that era. And then you, you have like the Paul Darren Williams. Um, yeah. Which seems like a joke that we talked about those two in the same sentence, but like just the next wave of big time guy where Edwards best case scenario, he turns into like, I mean, best, best, best case scenario, it's like a Bradley Beal type, which would obviously be great, but I think it's more likely that he turns into a, you know, um, you know, 21 to 23 points per game that probably doesn't figure out his efficiency. I don't know. I don't know. Am I too I, low? Yes, I, I think you are. I, like, I, You know, I think that I am almost as high. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I think I'm almost as high on Edwards' long-term potential as I am Ball's. I, yeah. I, I, I get it. I see. I like it's easier to see the path for Ball because you can kind of say like what he does, and if he just gets however, however much better each year. But I don't. I don't really know what we've seen from Ball in terms of his improvement that we haven't seen from Edwards. Like I don't think there's any reason to believe that Edwards can't improve um, a lot, just like Ball will improve a lot. Like if both of these guys don't change at all, I mean Ball's not a generational talent now. No, he just throws some crazy passes. Like we're 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 building in some assumptions of improvement into how we're talking about ball, and I think it's until Edwards shows that he can't improve, I think I kind of have to extend him the same same courtesy, I guess. Um, but I mean, the beginning of next year will tell us a lot, right? Like you know, because that you know, if it, like Edwards comes back and is fifteen twenty percent better after the summer, then I think that we learn a lot. And if he's not, then you're like, uh, okay. Yeah, the offseason would be big. I'm pro- honestly like I'm I'm probably just negative because not negative necessarily. Like I think Edwards is gonna be good. Um, mostly just because I wanted balls so badly during <laughs> the, yeah, the, true, the, the, true. the pre-draft, and I thought like the overthinking of 
well, we have all these point guards. Let's not take ball. And it's clearly like, well, you're they end up taking him. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're end up with a point guard next year. If you keep your pick probably. So, um, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, most improved, uh, Julius Randall without a doubt. Gotta be. Yep. Um, the, the odds have him at minus 5,000, which is just a runway. <laughs> so 20, crazy what he did this year. Yeah. 24 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Like the six assists is wild to me. Um, 41% from the three point line. Like he has just, uh, you know, the way Tibbs has, um, you know, really embraced him. It seems like he's also embraced Tibbs and this is like a telltale sign of, um, in like, this is a warning to what I just did with Edwards and ball being like giving up on a guy or not necessarily giving up on, on Edwards. Um, you know, short changing them. It's like after years three with the, the Lakers, uh, Nobody wanted Julius Randle. He was averaging 13 points and like eight rebounds per game, which is fine. But it was basically like, okay, this guy's a bust. And then he, you know, over the last three years, he's averaged 20 points. And this year he's doing it on a winning team and he's going to make an all NBA team. Yep. Um, and he's only 26 years old, which seems wild to me. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think the only person that was on the Julius Randle train at the end or in the last couple of years was probably Zach Lowe, who always kind of, enjoyed watching him and talked him up and i mean he's a smart guy so maybe we should have but i don't think anybody expected this and especially as you said the passing it just seemingly came out of nowhere like to to go from three assists around a game for your you know that's like kind of you would expect that from somebody who touches the ball as much as randall always did um but to go from that to six assists and the efficiency you know it's it's really amazing it's just a testament to you can never totally give up on guys. Although that being said, you shouldn't expect guys to do this. Yeah. What Randall did because it's not the norm. it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. But like, good for him. Cause, uh, Oh yeah. That's and like, I think like over the off season, everybody was shitting on the Knicks cause they didn't get an all-star all NBA player. They, um, did. <laughs> they didn't intentionally get one. Um, but, but one turned into one. Um, okay. Uh, six man of the year, uh, like again, it, it seems pretty overwhelming that that Jordan Clarkson will win, and if he doesn't win, um, it'll be Joe Ingles in in Utah. Um, his DraftKings odds are minus twelve hundred, um, eighteen points per game off the bench, four rebounds, two and a half assists, uh, like thirty five percent from the three point line. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of what we saw from D'Angelo Russell when he came off the bench in in Minnesota, but. Um, he's been really good, but this has kind of been like Jordan Clarkson, what he should have been all, you know, right. all along. Cause they talk about a guy like embracing his role. Yeah. And, and he, that, in, in fairness, that's kind of what he has been over the last three years for teams. But I think it helps when you're just on a, like he went from the Lakers where then when they turned into a good team, they got rid of them. And then he played on the shitty Cavaliers, which it's like, you can put up, I mean, he averaged 17 points per game coming off the bench, but nobody cares if you're doing that on a crap team. Um, when you're doing it on the best team in the league, uh, this Utah Jazz team, honestly, it reminds me a lot of um, the Atlanta Hawks from like five years ago when they had like Corver and they had um, like probably probably Joe Johnson was on that team. Uh, Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague. Um, maybe Joe Johnson wasn't on that team. I'm not sure. Jeff Teague. Um, Orford, Sh- Millsap. Yeah. yeah. It was just like they had all these guys and like, you know, not any of them were considered probably superstars. Um, and kind of the same thing in Utah. Like you have Donovan Mitchell, who who probably is, um, you know, the the best player out of the bunch, and you have Gobert, who's like the all defensive. You don't have any of these like sexy guys. Like you have like yeah. Joe Ingles, 
uh, you have Jordan Clarkson, um, you're just kind of piecing it together. And in like, it seems like they're all going to get kind of rewarded um, at least Clarkson and, and probably go bear with defensive player of the year, which we'll get to soon. But um, yeah, good, good job by, uh, by Jordan yeah. Clarkson. Again, like I, these guys, he's 28 years old. Like it seems like I've been watching this guy forever and he's I still know. in the prime of his career. Well, I look forward to this this year's Utah Jazz also losing in the second round of the playoffs. Well, dude, in the in the Grand Hawks tradition, I hope Espo doesn't um, listen to this because I know, uh, the Suns looked so bad last night. They looked so bad, and like, they're <laughs> probably gonna have to. They're probably gonna have to fucking play the Lakers in the first round. Like, yeah, the Lakers I, are the the seventh seed right now. Um, there's a chance that Portland drops down or whatever, but like. If you're the Suns, how how crappy would that be? Like you have the best season you've had in so long, and then in the first round you have to go up against LeBron and the I Lakers. Don't, I don't necessarily think that last night was necessarily an indicator of, of the Suns' potential against the Lakers. Um, I, th- I mean, I've watched a fair amount of Suns, and they looked like pretty bad last night. Like they were missing a lot of open shots. They looked very tired. Everything was short. Um, just a lot of like missed rotations kind of and just like bad offensive possessions which is just like not something that we typically see from them so i don't i don't necessarily think it's fair to grade them off of one game because they have a great record but yeah no doubt having this great season and having a reward be playing the lakers uh that would suck that would suck blazers have looked great lately they have blazers are finally turning it around um so that's nice they beat the heck out of the spurs which was really nice to see because they were coming off a huge win against the Lakers and you kind of expect a letdown game, but that Spurs game was important and they beat them by like 20 points. Maybe and I 40. think it was a back-to-back too. Yeah. Um, back-to-back. Yeah. And uh, I mean the, the, the Pelicans too, um, with yeah. Spurs losing, they're only a game and a half back from, it'd be kind of fun if you had the seven, like it was seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, and it was uh, the Warriors and the Lakers and the, the Pelicans and Grizzlies in there. Um, yeah, you have Steph and LeBron, and you have Ja and Zion. Um, uh, kind of what we all wanted last year in the bubble to happen, maybe, yeah. but then it never did. It would be so awesome if the Lakers lost in the. In oh the my goodness, I would. <laughs> I would love that so much, It'd be especially. So good. And honestly, it wouldn't bug me so much if LeBron wasn't. He hasn't been such a baby about this playing thing. I know, I know, I know. Well, and he... no offense, it's like, yeah, you built your team around a thirty-six. I mean, it, it's LeBron, but it's like. Your team is built around a 36-year-old star and then an injury-prone center. Yeah. And then after that, like you don't have great pieces. Like that's yeah. I don't know. You won the championship last year. Like yeah, who's the third best player on the team? Is Alex Caruso? Like Dennis Schroeder? I both Schroeder, I guess, but he's also hurt. Yeah. So like right now it's like Kuzma. Uh, Kuzma. Yeah. Also hurt. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, defensive player of the year. We won't spend much time on this. Rudy Gobert is probably gonna win. I just put Ben Simmons as my pick. Yeah, that would be um, cool. Just because it seems like he's been so good on the perimeter for so long, and um, I just get yeah. bored of Gobert being. Yeah, I just don't because, like Gobert. So well, and and like, let's not like forget that every playoff he gets kind of run up in the playoffs. He gets kind of run off the court defensively because teams just like figure out what they can do. Yeah, um, I mean, watching Cat destroy Gobert in back to back games wasn't exactly like. I mean, Gobert's like kind of the ultimate like switch def- like not switch like backup defender you know like help defender mm-hmm. in some ways but i i don't know he hasn't really done a good job of stopping really elite centers and he can't guard like guards one-on-one so That's, i i yeah. like gobert's good but he's like totally good within the context of the jazz's already good defense that kind of allows him to 
cheat for blocks. But you know, I mean, he's definitely a good defender, no, no doubt about it. But I, I agree. I think it's time. It's time for a perimeter guy to get that award. I agree. Probably won't happen um, again. Like this year's, the, I don't know. It, it just seems like this year's uh, awards are like very predictable compared to most years, um, where you can at least like have a conversation about it. Um, yeah. Where all these odds, like the closest odds, are the the Lamelo Ball Edwards one, where Edwards has a three to one chance, which is still yeah. considered. You know, if Edwards would win, that'd be a insane upset, um, yeah. according to the odds. So um, playoffs are coming up, though. Um, and we talked about this in a podcast, uh, I don't know. I think I, I went through like 10 cards to buy or 10 sports cards to buy, which brings us to this week's Kyle's card corner. Bum, ba, da, da, bum, bum. Um, oh, nice. You wrote some theme music. Yeah. I've got some theme music. Very good. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. So we went through like 10 guys to watch basically in the last conversation we had, I wanted people to know that as much as it is about players, it's also just wildly about timing. And it's about, um, like, think about it. Like, uh, Tiger Woods, when people thought he got in a car accident, people thought he died. Um, they didn't think he got in a car accident. We know that. But then his car shot up right away. And then once we found out he was okay, they went back to, to like, level, which is, like, so stupid <laughs> oh and sad and um, tells you a lot about just us, probably, as people. Um like people's things are more valuable when they're dead. Uh, but then, but then similar in the, in that same realm, um, like Deshaun Watson, he's going through a bunch of legal stuff now, but before that he demanded a trade and people were speculating that he could go to the jets. So everybody's buying his cards at a crazy prices, just in speculation that something could happen. Um, with that being said, something is happening in the NBA and that is the playoffs coming up. And if I were you and you're looking at, who to buy and what to buy, I would circle three or four teams that you think are going to do really well. Uh, maybe circle three or four players that you think could play really well. Um, and obviously you can do this as stars. Um, you can do this as like the role players that you think might have a big game. Um, and then you like pretty much put down your budget and figure out who you can afford. And now is probably the time to buy because uh, I think, you know, once the playoffs actually start yep. and X amount, like X player gets a 50 point game. Um, you know, like the, the common tale is the Tyler Harrow. His cards went up to like $1,800 last year <sighs> in the bubble. And now they're worth like 200, Five. Yeah. you know, like, right. Like, and he's still a good player. Nothing really changed. Um, so my card of the week, um, again, playoffs are starting. The nets are going to make a run. Um, Kyrie Irving, obviously a huge part of the nets. They're supposed to have James Harden back, but, um, Kyrie is definitely going to have a 40 point game in the playoffs. And if they make the finals, he's going to have a crazy shot or he's going to have a moment. Um, right now, the most affordable rookie card, if you're in like that two to $300 range, um, which I think is probably the, the majority of people that listen to this podcast, um, his 2012 hoops rookie card, which again, it doesn't say rookie on it because the card was from the lockout year. So it's kind of a weird, a weird year, but it's his rookie card, his PSA 10, this card was worth $395 in April. Um, it is now dipped to 216. Like I get the Nets haven't been playing great, uh, but yeah. nothing, again, nothing's really happened over the last month where that card would dip. Um, you and know. you know he'll have some great moments in the playoffs and those yeah. will go. Like there's no reason again. for a card to dip like what, 40% um, in the, the matter of a month. 
Because the thing is, that card is going to hit $400 in the playoffs if the Nets make a run, and you're going to get your money back. So um, if you're thinking about uh, selling, if you know flipping, if you want to hold it, hold it. Um, I think, um, again, $200 for a card, it's like, it's you know not not, not a huge risk. So um, that would be my recommendation. And again, like make your own list. That's what I would I would say. Like make a list of um, oh I think the 76ers are going to be in the NBA Finals, and I think my Matisse Thybul is going to have all these great defensive moments against so and so, and blah blah blah. Okay, like buy his stuff now because in three weeks, once he starts doing it, you're, you're it's too late already. Um, yep. So um, Julian. Have you gone to any, you're, you're vaccinated, I know now, or have you gone to any restaurants lately? I've not. Uh, I'm planning on going soon. I think I'll probably go down to Groveland Tap next week, you know, have a beer on the patio, enjoy that. But I haven't, uh, haven't really done much eating out this week. I got some uh, take-up from Mucci's Italian last Ooh. weekend. Very good stuff. Sounds It's my, it's my favorite uh, Italian restaurant for sure. Did you get garlic bread? I did not. I got, uh, we got, my parents were here last weekend mm-hmm. um, we did a lot we kind of got a spread so a lot of good stuff some salmon crudo some ah. uh i know not Jeez, you're shaking it's your head lunch time over here i'm hungry oh i know and that bucatini uh got some uh what did we get we got what was that uh i'm struggling to remember the other things that we got but we got some lasagna we got some uh, kind of little ravioli with a pea pea puree no garlic bread oh. though huh no garlic bread Mm. No garlic bread. Maybe a miss, but sounds good. What's your What's your restaurant? We went to Pat's Tap in South Minneapolis. We went there on Friday, um, like a little mini celebration. I start a new job soon, so congrats um, to Kyle. Yeah, yeah, uh, big moves, big moves here Um, in South Minneapolis. uh, We got we just did like a little appetizer thing: cheese curds, fries, sliders. um, um, We had a drink. Um, It was really good, and it was like the first time they were open and um you know so i think it, i think it was like the first week they opened since everything um and our waitress was fantastic what i will say to people is um and i don't even know if this is happening i would i would say to people going to restaurants and going inside with places opening or reopening or you know whatever everybody has um different rules hopefully everybody's being safe i think that would be the over over overwhelming um, Thing to stress, but also be patient with your servers and these restaurants because, yeah. um, like they, for them, it's their first time back too, right? In a year, and they're probably maybe nervous. And, um, I don't oh, know, yeah. like everybody's yeah. on a different page. So, I would say, wherever you go for restaurants, whether it's takeout or delivery, it's like they are going through the same stuff we have gone through, and they are working, and um just be patient. Don't be, don't be a dick. Yeah. I worked in the service industry for years in restaurants. And I, I mean, it's important that people understand that the things that make restaurants operate smoothly are basically habits and systems and restaurants are having to rewrite constantly all of these systems, all of these habits to manage kind of the flow of the space just all the time now um, as things are changing. And so yeah, I, I, I can't imagine working in that sector right now. And major shout out to the people who are doing it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed working in restaurants and it was a great, great experience. But yeah, it's really hard. And it's hard under the best of circumstances. So be nice to service staff. Just in general, if you're not nice to like your wait staff, 
at restaurants. Yeah, don't, we have don't a problem. Go. Yeah, eat frozen, <laughs> yeah. eat frozen pizzas for the rest right. of your life then. Yeah. Um, okay, before we go, I do want to also say, you know, I, I want to go back. I don't want to shit on Anthony Edwards. I like him. I think he's going to be like a five to seven time all-star. I hope he's going to be really good. Um, so I don't want people to tweet at me saying that I'm, that I hate Anthony Edwards. I don't, he's like my favorite Timberwolf and a, like with personality, he is what drives to this team. And yeah. Um, yeah. So I think we'll look back. Maybe they made the right pick. Maybe they should have taken ball regardless. They'll, if you're able to make an argument that they should have taken Edwards after five years, then the pick wasn't that bad. Right. If, exactly. If this is if, not, a, this is not a Luca Marvin Bagley <laughs> situation. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all I had. I just, I just want to yeah. make sure people know. Um, I like, I love Anthony Edwards. Um, that's yeah. all I have. Uh, Julian, um, enjoy your week of, of, of freedom. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and we will talk to you later this week. 